the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So we sort of continue from where we left off last week, even within the sermon, and, and we uh, missed, uh, as I said, the, the, pa- the passage even today in this long gospel uh, reading, they decided to leave out sort of the first verse, which is, and Jesus had to go through Samaria, um, which of course Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria, but it, but it, but it goes with where we left before, where God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the end, that all that believe in him should not perish and have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And so then, therefore, the world equals Samaria, right? It's not just the Jewish regions when you're talking about the world. It's, it's the whole world. Um, and so he goes through Samaria, and he, and he gets there about sixth hour, which is noon time, and he sits down, and he's thirsty, and all of a sudden a woman from shows up at the well by herself, and instantaneously you know, uh, or the reader knows, we might not know here in the West, but in that culture you know that this woman is an outcast in her community. How do you know she's an outcast in her community? Because she's coming to get water at noon when it's hottest, and she's coming by herself. So that's a, not safe, and B, uh, you know, the, the coming to, to the well is a, is a social thing. It's like preschool drop-off, right? I mean, you know, it's the same type of thing. You go to Starbucks, then you go to preschool drop-off, and you, you just sit there and chat forever, right? This is, it's that same type of thing. I had, I had a, a parishioner, um, my last parishioner, who lived sort of right next door to, to me, and she always would go to the different further away Kroger, and it wasn't even as good as the one I If I asked, and she goes, she goes, I don't know anybody at that Kroger. I know everybody at the other Kroger, right? So it's like, like for me, grocery shopping is not about socialization, but that's not um, true for her, apparently. Um, and that's where we are with, with this story, to an extent, so we know something's amiss right from the get-go. Because she's alone at noon when she knows she won't run into anybody. And so, what happened? Why she's an outcast? We don't know why she's an outcast. We'll find out later on. But Jesus um, engages her, much to her shock. Right? And, it, and that, again, corresponds right with, right with our, last, our last passage um, from Nicodemus. Right? Nicodemus marvels at the things that Jesus says. Can a man be, be born back into his mother's womb to be reborn? This woman says, you are asking me, a woman of Samaria, for a drink? Are you kidding me? And you don't even have a, a, anything to draw with. Which means you're going to have to use my jug, which means this is unclean. You're a Jewish male, and I'm a Samaritan, and you're going to break all, you're breaking all sorts of laws, buddy. Basically, that's sort of the that's sort of the you know the underlying underlying message, right? That, that's going on here. That Jesus is breaking all sorts of of laws of appropriate behavior. Speaking to a woman, speaking to a Samaritan, 
asking for a favor, going to drink out of her jug. All of these things are taboo. And Jesus responds to her shock much in the same way he responds to Nicodemus, right? But if you knew, if you knew who it was that, that is talking to you, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, we're very holy people and we know what living water means. Living water is Holy Spirit. Living water is spiritual refreshment and all this stuff. To the woman at the well there, um, living water isn't, isn't anything spiritual. It's called running water. It's called fresh springs or indoor plumbing. It's something to that effect. It's give me this water so I don't ever have to come back to this well ever again. If I don't ever have to come back to this well again, that would be great. I could just go to the stream, get my water, go right back home, or I could just turn it on in my faucet. It would be amazing. I'd never have to deal with all these people ever again. She's like, you don't have anything to, to draw with. The well's deep. How are you going to get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? And, and, and uh, he gave us well from there. And Jesus says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. That water will become in them spring, welling up to eternal life. And now the woman's really, really intrigued. Sir, give me this water that I never have to come here, that I'll never be thirsty, that I'll never have to come back. And he says, go and get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. He says, right, you've had five husbands. And the one that you're living with now is not your husband. What you say, you say truthfully. And so now, aha, now we know. Like everybody else knows, now we know why she's an outcast. She's had five husbands. The one she's with now is not her husband. And now, it's very important sort of to, to you know, turn off our 20th, 21st century mindset about um, divorce and, and, frankly, women's power within divorce, because um, that wasn't the case necessarily. And even in my little notes it says, this immoral woman, I don't know how immoral she was, right? There's, there's some commentators who just said she might have been barren, um, which could very well be true, right? She just isn't providing, or there's other things that within that, that reality that, um, that she might be struggling. She's definitely, she's definitely broken, right? Whatever it is, she's definitely broken. She's definitely um, one who's, who's outside looking in. And so she says, that great thing that you do anytime somebody challenges you or gets you, you deflect and change the subject, right? I perceive you're a prophet. She doesn't just deflect change the subject. She's like, let's go holy here. I perceive you're a prophet. Let's go to religion questions um, for a hundred outs, right? So, uh, you know, who's, who's better? You know, where, should we worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem? And, and Jesus says, 
you know, never mind that. Why are you trying to change the subject? No, Jesus doesn't say that at all, right? Jesus says, all right, we'll play. He says, well, really, where we worship is right. Salvation is from the Jews on this mountain. Is not was not right. He's saying all the basically he's saying when he says salvation from the Jews, all the Old Testament, the covenant of God, the temple, everything, that whole that whole reality is 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 the proper form in which the Messiah is going to come from. Um, but the hour is coming, and now is when it when it won't matter where you worship. It won't matter where you worship on this mountain, whether you worship in Jerusalem, it, it'll depend where your heart is, because God is spirit. And spirit and truth is what God is looking for. And if you worship God in spirit and truth, then you will find God wherever you are, on this mountain, Jerusalem, anywhere. And then she's like, ooh, okay. I perceive, you know, there's, there's, I know the Messiah is coming, and Jesus says, that's me. And right now, the disciples come back, and interesting, like, way, she leaves her water jug, and she takes off. And so now nobody gets a drink at all. There's your jug. Nobody, we've come to the water and everybody's leaving thirsty to an extent, except, right, it, that's the point. As she, as, she, as she heads back to her community and realizes, you know, maybe this is different. Um, something, something stirs in her. And she says, um, in the same way, that Jesus says to, to Andrew and the other disciple, who's probably John, um, when they asked him, where are you staying? He said, come and see. And Philip goes to Nathaniel, and Philip says, we have found the Christ, the Messiah, the one that Moses talked about. And Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He says, come and see. And this woman goes back and she says, come and see. A man that told me everything I've ever done. Could he be the Messiah? But she sort of leaves it up to them. Could he be the Messiah? But of course she has that little, that little nugget. It's like Jerry Springer show, right? Come and see a man that told me everything I've ever done. They're like, ooh, I want to see that guy. Right? Like, I mean, this is amazing. And, and in this aspect, we have... Um, this other, again, um, unlikely, unlikely person who's not just extended the kingdom of God, not just included in the kingdom of God, not just embraced into the kingdom of God, but becomes an evangelist for the kingdom of God, is elevated. Um, at least within, not only just within this story, but, you know, as, as we have a little, sort of little parenthesis interlude with, with the disciples about harvest and, and then being, Jesus says, it's okay, I've had, you know, I have this other food. They're like, did you get some food someplace else? And Jesus is like, oh my God, like, really, I'm dealing with these people, I'm driving crazy. Um, uh, but, you know, the, 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 the passage ends with, with Jesus stays uh, in Samaria for two days um, in the beginning of his ministry and, and um, teaches and they say to the woman, 
you know, no longer do we believe because of your testimony, but we believe because we have seen Jesus. And it's such a, it's such a powerful passage. It's, this, whole, this whole passage, as we talked about last week, um, the one thing that this passage does to begin with is, is just sets up for, for all of us, um, you know, who Jesus has come for. When it says the world, they mean the world. Because there's nobody really, maybe the high priest is a little higher than, than Nicodemus, a Jewish male Pharisee. Jewish male Pharisee is sort of the top of the pecking order. Woman, Samaritan, outcast, is about as low as you can get. I don't know if you can get lower. I mean, you can say, like, oh, a murderer, but I don't know, we let a murderer go off the, out of jail so Jesus could go on the cross. So I guess even murderers we don't care for less than woman, Samaritan, outcast. So Jesus has welcomed in a Pharisee, Jew, male, and a woman, outcast, Samaritan. That pretty much means everybody else is included as well. And much like the passage we read from Romans, um, Jesus didn't come waiting for us to be perfect. He didn't come for us to get our act together and have all the right answers and all the right stories and all the right actions. While we still were in our sin, Jesus came for us. Which includes, again, even the Samaritan woman. While we're still broken, Jesus comes for us. And longs to quench our thirst with that living water. We have in this passage, again, in all these passages, we have all these places, right? We have Meribah and Merah and Temple and the mountain and Jacob's well. We have all these places. And, and in reality, the big shift is all these places, all these holy places are great. But the time is coming where the Spirit of God is going to dwell within us. The Jew will be the temple, so to speak, um, of the Holy Spirit that will come into you. And that we have um, the ability and the gift of being quenched from our thirst. Thirst from the things of not only this world, but the, the things of that, that weigh us down, that, that break us, that make us outcasts, that make us less than we think we should be. That we can be healed, that we can be restored, and that we can be made new. And that we can be witnesses of God's grace and love. Not because we went to seminary, not because we have a degree, but simply by the fact that we have met the one who's given us living water. We don't have to have all the answers. You just say, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. And the joy of that is that when people come to see 
You say, we don't believe anymore because of you. We believe because we've seen ourselves. There be, might be some priests who like, we don't believe anymore because of your sermons. That might make me sad, but not really, right? It's not supposed to. We believe because we've come and experienced the love and grace and glory of God for ourselves. And that's the reality of what this passage is today, this extension. That God's grace and love is being extended to the world. That we might be quenched from the thirst that we have. Amen.